Hello, PolyAm fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polly and fam, and welcome back to Talk Your Polly Off. I'm Bella. Oh, I'm Monsida. Oh, weird. Fancy yeah. meeting you here. Yeah, I just found that out the other day. Strange. Yeah, strange. So, here we are, getting ready to talk our poly off. Yeah, we actually just got home. We did. Where did we go? We went to Lincoln City, Oregon. We went to the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was that one place with all the sand. And the waves. And the water. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of water. So we splurged a little bit and we I never did I felt a little put off because I didn't think there'd be so much water at the beach. <laughs> I really like recharge at the beach, at the ocean. And I'm a cancer sign. I'm a water baby. And our hot tub broke. If you've been following us from the beginning, you know that we used to do a podcast called Hot Tub Poly Talk. And that was one of our favorites. But we don't yeah. have a hot tub anymore. Right. So we booked a room for a couple nights at the beach with a like jetted jacuzzi tub thing up against the ocean front window. Where we specifically did not record anything that would have gone to Hot Tub Poly Talk. <laughs> you know, we could have recorded. I but know. I was very much in anniversary mode, relaxing mode. And so we didn't pull out the phones to record. Yeah, we didn't pull out through the whole weekend. <laughs> Recording devices. Yes, those. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time in the water, looking at the water. <laughs> yeah, so again, way more water than I anticipated. And it rained. And it rained. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just got home from a little mini weekend vacation for the anniversary. Yo, dog, I heard you like water. So we put water in your water so you could watch water while, while you're watered. Water. on. <laughs> Perfect. It's an old meme, but it still checks Fully out. Fully recharged. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I like antique mall shopping or yeah. antique shopping, even if I'm just looking, which I did not do. <laughs> Managed to successfully navigate through some antique places, picked up a couple of neat things. You did. You got a couple. What were the creatures? One of them was a lizard fish. A dried out lizard fish. Right. And then the other one was a skeet, which is like a manta ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, so now I have more items from my curio cabinet. Well, I found a cool antique-looking clock and candelabra that's very reminiscent of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, and they look fantastic. I'm pretty excited about them. And they were a lot cheaper than I expected, Yeah, honestly. It was nice. So that was good. I just got to find shelf space now. Oh, we'll get that. We'll get that. So yeah, it was a really good weekend. A much-needed break. So what are we talking about today? Well, we were talking about what you wanted and needed, and what you wanted and needed was to get out and see the ocean. Yes! So maybe we just talk about wants and needs. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Because I don't think you needed to go out to the ocean. No, I mean... It was just a strong want. Yeah, and I mean, thinking about, like, the difference between wants and needs, technically, like, a want is something that would make life more enjoyable, stuff, right? Stuff that you know much about. Wants 
I do want to be at the beach. <laughs> and then the needs are what I know a lot about, and that's survival. Yeah, very true. You kick into survival gear, and I'm like, no, let's go do this mental health stuff. And you're like, no, but we need to eat. And I'm like, no, it's Yeah, fine. like having a roof over our head is cool, and, you know, the bills paid and the water to run. And then I'm like, let's juggle the bills around. It's fine. Yeah, this is... This is, we are the embodiment of want and need. <laughs> it's a good time. So the reason we're talking about want and need on a polyamorous talk show yeah. is really because that's what a lot of this is about, right? With relationships, you have your wants and you have your needs, you have your desires, even if we wanted to mm-hmm. add another element into this. Yeah. So if we are trying to figure out how to be better in our polyamorous lifestyle or how to basically just poly better... One of the things while we're looking at these few episodes that we got is reflecting on us and what builds us and what we're hoping to achieve out of what we're trying to put out. Yeah, this is like the season of working on yourself yeah, so you can relationship better. Right, and then I think if we boil all this down to the super fundamental stuff, it really comes down to wants and needs. And last episode we talked about not letting your ego get in the way of yourself. Right. When you're putting your ego to the side, it's easier to also look at your wants and your needs. I think it's also easier to accept someone else's needs when your ego's not in the way. Absolutely. When you're not so focused on me and mine, and I can set that aside and be like, what do you need out of this dynamic? Right. So if we were to look at this from like a pseudo psychology point of view, we have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. I love this thing. I know that... I know you talk about it all the time. I know. It's great. It's legit. Like at the very base, you've got your survival. You've got the stuff that you literally need to survive. And then it builds up from there with security and all this happiness and self-enlightenment and stuff. But when we're talking about needs on a life level, we're talking about I need shelter and I need food and I need warmth. These are the things that you actually need to live. Well, now let me tell you how that relates to relationship needs because you're talking about just life and survival type stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to a relationship, what you need might be something like shared values and you need caring and you need nurturing. Trust. Those are things that help the relationship actually thrive. Yeah. They keep it alive. It's thriving. It's doing well. Cool. But then if you look at the wants on a romantic level... Those contribute to the quality, but they're not essential. Right. You know, you have to have trust and shared values and caring or whatever else to actually have a solid relationship. But to make it a better quality relationship, your wants might include things like sex, going out, taking fun walks, sharing jokes. Those are things that you might want in the dynamic. And in the moment, it's going to feel like a need. Man, I really need to have some sex right now. Right. I really need to hear something funny right now. <laughs> I'm really down. I need my di- my relationships to be humorous. Right. No, you just want them to be. And you can want them really bad, which means you would desire that. But the relationship itself wouldn't die if that wasn't there. Now, that's mm-hmm. a good point. Would it die if it's not there on a regular basis? At some point, is there a fundamental need? Like, if I don't get sex for a really long time, am I eventually going to be like, what's the point of this relationship and move on? Or if we're not having regular dates, and that's something that I feel like I need Mm -hmm. in order to survive emotionally, if I'm deprived or starved of regular dates, am I going to be like, this relationship's not working anymore and move on? 
and and how much of that is want and need? Well, I think it's I asked the tough question. <laughs> I think it's going to depend on the people involved. It's going to depend on their level of fulfillment from things, right? Uh So if, is it, you know, penetrative sex that you need or you think you need, you really, really want it, and without it for two years, the relationship dies? Or is it just the intimate touch, you know, some sort of sexual stimulation, whether it's penetrative penis and vagina sex or whatever, like, it's a very specific need. Is there some other way we could fulfill that want, need, desire that maybe isn't what you think specifically it has to be? So then what we're talking about is breaking down what we feel like we need as the example we're going with is sex. Mm-hmm. I need sex. If I don't get sex on a regular basis, this is not going to work for me. What if what you need is not specifically the sex? If you break it down, what is sex? It's physical connection, it's Mm -hmm. interaction, it's intimacy and all these other things. Is there a core there that that comes from? And what is the, what's the emotion, um, the chemical that comes, is it the endorphin rush that comes from dopamine? Dopamine, is that what that one is? Um, Where else could you get the dopamine from? Like what other activities could you do? Like you're talking about all these other things that are included. So if we're talking about, like you said earlier, you know, getting the intimate touch, you know, the connection, the human connection, all these things from a different place or a different way. What if we get that dopamine rush from a different way as well? So you still have that like happy feeling that you would get after a sexual encounter as well. Right. Which would also help to work on like a compromise level. If, if your sex drive is higher, as an example, and your partner's sex drive is not as high or even non-existent, mm-hmm. There are other ways to achieve your basic fundamental wants or what we might call relationship needs Mm -hmm. without compromising another person or feeling like there's too much of a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, and of course, in polyamory, we all know if you're with an asexual partner who's also polyamorous, you might also have a very sexual partner. Right. And that's where you're getting that. But we're kind of discussing like a a one-on-one For the sake of working on yourself to understand your own relationships with others. Yes. Right. So I do believe that like fulfilling one's needs is essential for the relationship and it needs to be a value to each partner. When fulfilling your needs, you also help the relationship. So like it's a value to each person individually, but also almost like a triad situation where there's three relationships or more. Um, This isn't just the one-on-one person needs. It's also the needs of the relationship itself. Fulfilling wants, however, well, I mean, those can become addictive, honestly. If you're like, I get my, my want met every time, and now I've got this new want, and then you're chasing that new high, almost like an NRE chaser. I wouldn't know anything about <laughs> chasing those things. Right, right. And then, I mean, if you become an addictive want chaser, then that kind of disregards the needs, because you're just constantly following the wants, and that's where it can become egotistical and selfish. Or just a regular source of fun. <laughs> But I still feel like there has to be that balance to oh, it. Oh, definitely, definitely. If you're just chasing wants all the time, then it's all about you. How was your coast trip? If it was my coast trip, I would have been in the tub all 48 hours. You were. <laughs> so what if we played a little bit of a game? Yay! Is it wants or needs? I really need... Okay. <laughs> 
I really need to go see movies in the theater. What? Why? Because you don't survive off theater movies. You could still watch a movie at home. You could go without a movie. Life might suck a little bit more. Won't be as exciting, but you could go without. Okay. I want to have a partner who I'm open with and we have trust built into our relationship. I feel like that's a need. Okay, why? Because in order for the relationship to survive and thrive, you need to have that trust built in. Okay, so that was an interesting little aspect there. With the movies, wanting to go out, that's a want because it's a pleasure-seeking thing. Mm -hmm. And if you get a movie or if you don't get a movie, you're going to survive. If we flip it over to the other one where I need the open, trustful relationship, I technically could live... Without that open, trustful relationship. Yes, but the relationship will die. It'll shrivel into nothing eventually because there's no solid foundation. Okay, so, and that's where we're getting with this is in life, relationships aside, you need specific things for you to stay alive. Yes. You need food and water and shelter and these things, you need, you know, maybe you need a job to pay your bills, all this sort of stuff. Or at least income. doesn't even have to be a job. Right. You need a source of income. So when we're talking about relationship wants and needs, we're not looking at it from a perspective of self. We are working together as a team on this specific relationship. And so as a team, we are wanting the relationship to live its life course for whatever that life course is. Yeah, like it's its own entity. So during that life course, the relationship has wants and needs. Yes. And these are agreed upon when communicating with your partner. Absolutely. And understood, and you can work together to maintain this relationship to keep it healthy while it's alive. It's like, oh, I just had the best idea ever. I should get us a love plant, and the love plant can be like a visual representation of our relationship. Our relationship will die immediately <laughs> because I don't take care of plants. <laughs> this is a great idea. I thought it was good. It was good. I got indoor grow lights. But this is where the communication happens. <laughs> this is your idea for you. Not your idea for our relationship. Okay. So because I didn't agree <laughs> upon this. <laughs> so that kind of brings me to my next little section, though. All right. How do people ask for their needs? Hey, I need this. <laughs> I need to not have a plant represent our relationship. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it will die. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I came across three tips from an article on EliteDaily.com, and they say tip number one Every con remember that every conversation is not a make it or break it. So a lot of the times people are afraid to bring up these hard conversations, right? And if you're on the receiving end of it and your partner says, hey, can we talk? Oh, fuck. It's over. We're done. <laughs> it's never perceived well because it feels like an all or nothing ending the relationship conversation. All right. So if everyone can remember, first tip. Every conversation is not a make it or break it conversation. True. Okay, their second tip. People aren't mind readers. <laughs> Doesn't matter how long you've been together. Most people. <laughs> True. 
but you need to communicate calmly. If you have this conversation, you're like, hey, we need to talk. Can we sit down? When's a good time? And then you finally get there and you're just rambling and you're you're nervous and excited and you're up and you're down and you're all over the place. I'm feeling a little called out right no. now. No, <laughs> this is from EliteDaily.com. <laughs> do you do you write for them? No, I okay. wish. But the person receiving that message might not quite understand what's being said if you're not communicating calmly and clearly. Well, that's where I've messed up. <laughs> maybe, I don't do anything calmly or clearly. Maybe the third tip will be better for you. All right. Okay, third and final tip. Don't make it personal. Yes, it's about your needs, but it goes both ways. So you're going to have needs and your partner's going to have needs and the relationship's probably going to have needs. Right. So when you sit down to have this conversation and talk about what you need, make sure the door is open to go both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, okay, no, so, no, 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 no. No TikTok today. <laughs> so, every conv- conversation's not a make it or break it. People aren't mind readers. So, communicate calmly and clearly. And three, don't make it personal. Needs go both ways. Let's play another game. Oh no. See, okay, so first off, this was great because two times in a row when I'm like, let's play a game, your first reaction is, oh no. <laughs> So I think this automatically talks about the first one, right? Every combo. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I dread what he's going to say next. Please, I don't want to hear it. No, but see, it's not that. It's, oh, no, because he's going to put me on the spot, and I don't have an answer for this. I right, but know. this is not a make it or break it. You're not necessarily going to be put on the So you're already playing the game. You just didn't realize <laughs> you just lost the game. <laughs> I made assumptions. And so did everyone else that just thought of that game. So we're going to play this game. Okay. You're going to have needs. I'm going to have needs, and we're going to have conversation about it. Right. Okay? You're going to have wants, I'm going to have wants, and we're going to have conversation mm-hmm. about it. So what's the first one again? Remember, every conversation is not a make it or break it. Okay, then. So one of my needs is that I don't ever w- want to take care of a plant. <laughs> is that a want or a need? You don't ever want to take care of a plant. I don't want to be obligated to take care of a plant I'm not ready to take care of. I feel like it's a want. Okay, so for me, (laughs) probably a want. For the survival of our relationship, if our relationship depends on me needing to take care of this plant, our relationship is over, (laughs) right? So we're getting together, and I'm saying, Bella, can we talk, please? Yes, Monsina, what can we discuss How did you feel when I said that? I mean, I feel good. Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) I have to tell you something. Oh, God. And it's important for our relationship. Okay. I know that you love plants. Are you going to take away my plants? (laughs) Okay, so already, knowing that she's playing this game, she's still already nervous. (laughs) I can't take care of plants with you. If it means that our relationship depends on me taking care of your plants... I can't do it. I need you to know that before we go further into our relationship. Well, I really appreciate you communicating that with me because I like taking care of plants, so I don't mind doing it by myself. Okay, so that's an easy way of seeing how a conversation would work. Yeah. That would help express wants and needs. How did you feel that went? I mean, pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. There was still some nerve. I think anytime, especially especially if you come at your partner with a different tone to your voice, right? So if your normal day-to-day conversation is like, wee, happy, happy, joy, joy, and then you're like, Bella, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> There's going to be automatic nerves associated. Oh, shit, what is this about? Yeah. Did someone die? 
yeah. you know? But if your normal conversation is at this level, and then you're like, hey, when are you free? Because I kind of want to sit down and talk to you about something. Oh, that's a good way of doing it. I'm learning something new. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. Huh. Ta-da! Hey, when are you free? Because I fucking hate taking care of plants. Never. I'm never free for that conversation. <laughs> okay so what's the second one well the second one's people aren't mind readers communicate calmly and clearly oh this is actually a really good one because this is where assumptions come in i'm good at those yeah you are (laughs) (laughs) so i hear (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh do you want to role play now always okay go hey monsada yeah i was wondering if we could sit down and have a conversation Okay, sure. We. I was wondering if we have any plans this weekend because I really want to be able to go out. Oh, uh, like I guess if if you uh, if you want to go out, cool. We seem kind of upset or annoyed or bothered. Well, I mean, like you didn't tell me why you wanted to go out or what you were going to do or who you're going to be with. I mean, like it's cool. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Just uh, you know, keep secrets. That's fine. <laughs> I was just going to go out and sit by the mailbox. <laughs> Oh, sure. Yeah. Just going to sit out by the mailbox. I have a need to sit outside in the snow because it's supposed to snow. Oh, yeah. Sure. I bet. You wanted to talk to me, set some time aside to talk to me about you going out and sitting out by the mailbox. (laughs) Not because you may be chatting with someone new or doing something or you met someone or you've fallen in love and you're leaving me. Actually, I just wanted a girl's night out to let loose a little bit. Oh, now it's girl's night out. I've heard that lie before. Making assumptions just makes an ass out of you and me. Is that the same? Yeah, you're an ass. You are an ass. <laughs> okay, so obviously that was handled really poorly. Right, and assumptions were made, but then there wasn't clear communication. Right. Like, I was pretty vague in the beginning, uh-huh. and then you had assumptions... So the whole thing was kind of a fucking disaster. Well, and that's why the trust issue is a need mm-hmm. in a relationship. If I didn't fully trust and you come up with some vague stuff, yeah, I'm going to be like, well, why Why so secretive about this? Right. What's really going on? But if we have real trust in each other, I'm not saying full trust or whatever, but if we have a real trust in each other, then I'm not going to be so quick to jump to assumptions if you don't give me all the details right away. Right. Sometimes you're having an opener of a conversation that's like, hey, do we have plans? Because I was thinking about doing something this weekend. And that's not inherently bad in itself. Right. But if there's trust issues because of a constant lack of communication or history or whatever, even history that may not involve your current partner, but ex-partners, yeah, then the opportunity for assumptions to be made will be increased. So what would be a good way of fixing that? I mean, obviously... I would say that on your end, you could have put a little more into the beginning. Yeah, for especially if I know that we've got some trust issues from history or whatever it right. is. But on being my a little end, bit more upfront. Yeah. But on my end, definitely not listen so much to that voice that ramps up. Mm-hmm. Right? And being like, well, I guess that goes into the third one. Don't take it personal. Mm hmm. Take a minute to hear what they have to say before you already make the conversation happen in your head. Right. Because, again, that number three is not making it personal and 
things go both ways. So if in that conversation you're so focused on your wants and needs and then your fears come up and all that, you're forgetting that I'm trying to talk to you about a want or a need. Right. You know, and if we can, even if I'm the initiator and I'm talking about going out, but maybe you've got a need to be like, hey, go out, do your girls week, do your thing. But then can we talk about, you know, maybe I need a little bit more date time or maybe I need a little bit more touching cuddles kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because assumptions can sometimes be made, not just when the person talking isn't giving enough information, but the person who's having these feelings isn't communicating what they feel like they're missing out on. Right. Or what they could use more of in the relationship. Right. So speaking of what they could use more of in the relationship, I think that greatly depends on what kind of attachment style that person believes themselves to be. Or maybe that they just are and don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like for me personally, so if you've never looked at your attachment style, you can Google it, but there's four different attachment styles, secure, dismissive, avoidant, anxious, preoccupied, or fearful avoidant. And I know I personally am dismissive avoidant in my attachment style. And so like I'm self-directed, I avoid intimacy and vulnerability, things like that. And so my wants and needs, I'm going to need more space than some of my other partners are where I like to be a little bit more um, me time focused. Mm, Yeah. So I, if I pay attention to what my attachment style is, it kind of helps direct me fig and figure out what my wants and needs are. Gotcha. Do you know what your attachment style is? Velcro. Velcro. You just jump to partners and you just stick to them. It's just a cling. It's just, <laughs> it's there. It is. And then when we go our separate ways, we make a funny noise. I, I, I was gonna try and duplicate it on the microphone, but it's like a. That was really good. I don't know. That's better than what I was going to do. I don't even know. (laughs) So it's actually kind of interesting. I I do think that there's potentially more attachment styles than that. Oh, I'm sure. Running off of that, I would say that my attachment style once upon a time used to be the anxious preoccupied. Yeah. That I was inclined to feel more nervous and less secure about relationships in general, uh, especially in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Had some issues that I had to work through, through, you know, as a result of some bad childhood and maybe some bad early relationships and then some struggles and some mid relationships. Yeah. However, since, you know, really working on who I am and myself and knowing that this is always a work in process, I think that I've kind of grown. I would like to believe that I've grown to the secure attachment style. I'm, more capable of conveying emotions appropriately and more constructive than I have in the past. Yeah. Capable of sending and receiving healthy expressions of intimacy, this sort of things. So, you know, and it boils all the way down to resiliency in the face of, of relationship dissolution, you know, capable of grieving and moving on better. I was not good at some of these things. So... I've done a ton of work, and I think that comes down to understanding what my wants and my needs are or were. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what we're getting at here, right, is is the more that you can understand your wants and the more that you can understand your needs and how they're different, the better you can build a relationship or attachment style 
which is beneficial to your current, future, and even past relationships. Right. Well, and I think in general, we've talked a couple episodes about getting to know yourself, you know, yeah. who I am and what box, so to speak, I fit in. Like, how do I identify and what do I identify myself as? And I think figuring out your attachment style goes along with that because it's kind of like a next step to figuring out your wants and needs. If you're like, oh, like for me, I have a lot of acquaintances, mm-hmm. but I don't have very many tight, you know, close, super best friendy type people. I don't open up and I'm not vulnerable with a lot of people and those sorts of things. So I would like, I want close friends, but knowing like the type of person I am, I don't need close friends. I'd like to have them. It would be nice. But my relationships, my survival, none of that actually depends on it. Because I am such a self-focused, thriving person. Right, because of your super isolated, extra (laughs) avoidant attachment style. Yes. Yeah. However, I'm a social butterfly. But if there was someone (laughs) who really only thrived on you know, those connections, they might need to have those best friend circle type relationships. Whereas for me, it's just kind of a want. Right. Well, and that kind of goes to where I'm thinking about your attachment style and my attachment style and how they differ. And when we're talking about wants and needs, you're talking about these things that you need, like you need your space and you need these things. Mm -hmm. And then the old me would need more interconnectivity on a more regular basis. Right. And through, I mean, we've been together four years now almost. Yep. And, well, I guess four years in tomorrow. Yeah, the day this is released. (laughs) Oh, today. Happy four-year anniversary. Happy anniversary. (laughs) So even in the beginning of that relationship, our attachment styles did not mesh well. Right. And I also think they were very different from what they are today. Right. And so it's a matter of we have, in these four years, really worked on a lot of aspects of our individual selves. Yeah. And we've done that together, and we've helped each other down the road quite a few times. And so we've kind of grown and adapted because we've started to realize that in order for us to continue having the relationship we love having, we want to figure out how to work our attachment styles to each other based on what we each need. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of a lot of what we're trying to get at with this discussion is when you more accurately figure out what it is that you need, you can more accurately communicate that with your partner or partners. Mm-hmm. And you can also figure out what you do and don't want based off those needs and how to achieve the wants and avoid the don't wants. Right. Without sacrificing an entire relationship and learning how to work together for a common ground. Yeah. And I think a lot of this season we're talking about focusing on ourselves and figuring out who we are and all the personal development stuff. And I think if you're struggling to figure out what your wants and needs are, take a step back, don't hyper-focus on them, 
and look at some of these fun online quizzes, the attachment styles, your love languages, right? Love languages are gonna dictate some of your wants and needs. You're a more physical touch person and I'm not. Well, if I wanna help fulfill my partner's needs, I need to pay attention to that. Right. So while this episode isn't about attachment styles or the love languages or any of those extra quiz types, I think if you step back from your wants and needs, those will help you understand them. So that way you can work forward in developing some of your personality traits and wants and needs. Right. And then you mentioned our love languages yeah. and how mine's touch and yours isn't. Touch isn't really high on your love language yeah. list. It's there. It's just not high on there. Right. So this is where it's important to understand that your wants and your needs don't need to be completely fulfilled by a single partner. Mm -hmm. And this is where polyamory works in fantastically or ethical non-monogamy or however you want to label it. Whatever umbrella you've put over yourself. So this is where it's important. And if Bella is trying to increase her touch ability for her partner, but it's maybe not hitting that level. Right. It's not enough. It's not that I have to be like, look, you either touch or I'm out. <laughs> because I also don't want to impose onto you mm -hmm. an excess that you're not wanting to deal with. Right. And so as a polyamorous individual, I can understand, eh, Bella's not so much into touch. You know, we can drive in a car without snuggling on each other or touching each other's leg all the time. We can... We can do these things and we don't always have to be rubbing body parts against each other. <laughs> and I can still find other partners who may be more into touch that I can connect with on a personal level. And then when we feel we can be that intimate, we can do more touch with these people. And then you don't have to feel like you're strapped with the burden of someone else's desires. There's all this pressure on my shoulders and I can't fulfill his needs. That's because I like shoulder rides. And so I always <laughs> sit on her shoulders. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> but no, like it's it's the great one of the great joys about this lifestyle for me is that one, I don't have to feel the pressure of being someone's everything, fulfilling all their wants or needs. Well, and even if it's not another partner that you're turning to to fulfill those needs. And number two, ah, number two. So one, I don't have to feel all the pressure. But number two. She just made a poop joke. <laughs> made me laugh on the inside. A giggle. And the outside. <laughs> but number two, you don't have to feel like you have to like harass me all the time and be like, I really need some more touch. Bella, can we just cuddle? Bella, I need this. So yeah. it goes both ways. Like I don't feel it and you don't feel it. Yeah, because I'm not good at that. I don't like that. And it doesn't even have to come from partner. I mean, we've got a very cuddle bug kind of group of friends. Well, we did before the before COVID. COVID. <laughs> so, like, we could just have a movie night and I could be like, okay, I'm going to sit back over here in this chair and you guys can cuddle pile on the mattress. Which is always a good time. Right. So yeah. you don't even have to, like, lean on a partner for it. But understanding that that's a need for you makes it easier to communicate with people in your circle. Right. And this doesn't all boil down to touch and intimacy and sex. I mean, you could still have very specific needs that would need to be done in a relationship that aren't intimacy. Right. I have grown to where I need my own bank accounts. I need to have my own financial liberty. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with sharing bank accounts. I'm cool with buying my partner's things. 
I'm cool with accepting gifts from my partners or what have you. But I need to have my own account so that I can feel like I know what I'm doing financially. Right. And while that doesn't directly seem possibly like it's a relationship thing, it very much is. Totally. You know, and and these are just two examples, the the touch and the bank accounts of figuring out what your needs are. You know, I need to be alone every Sunday. Like, don't ever talk to me on Sunday. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like, no. I just need time to do my planner. You can still talk to me. It's fine. Right. Succulents and planner time. Yeah, and I need to not be involved in succulent time. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Okay. So back to what we were saying. We will not grow a plant together. Oh yeah. To symbolize our relationship. I can I grow the plant and name it Monsada? Oh, totally. <laughs> So basically, while we can provide examples, and, and we could probably do this all day long with examples, ultimately, your your needs are your own. Yeah. And while you may not need your own separate account, or you may not need extra alone time or extra touch, there are things you will need, and we, we're not going to be able to cover everyone's needs. No. So that's one of the aspects of this discussion is to encourage anyone that wants to improve on their relationship in a way that helps them understand what they need take some time sit down write it down go through and write your list of what Mm -hmm. your needs are yeah it's that internal reflection to work on you before you can work on a relationship or just to make relationships better friendships included yeah and this goes with all the other stuff we talk about is that it's not set in stone once you figure it out and you're going to need to revisit this on some kind of a regular basis, whether it's once a year, once a decade, once a month. Once a day. I, what do I need today? I think that goes along a whole different discussion. <laughs> you never know. But we're just sharing our experiences, tips and tricks that have worked for us over the years. And we've realized, especially in these last four years together, that relationships work better when we're working on ourselves. For right. us. <laughs> Which is why this set of discussions that we're coming back to typo with mm-hmm. is really reflecting and focusing on ourselves. I mean, I think that COVID kind of helped us do that. We right. spent a lot of time kind of restructuring how we felt about ourselves and each other and society and other partners and friends and all this stuff. And these are some of the things that were really big and important for us to move forward and to keep growing. Yeah, for a while there, we, we've we always played the party host. We've done events and meetups and discussion groups. And we're always so focused on the community and our relationships with people on the outside. And getting locked down <laughs> and quarantining and staying at home during all of this COVID stuff has really forced us to do that internal reflection. And when we took a break from the podcast, we decided we really wanted to share with you guys what we were working on and maybe it'll help you too. So I know that the structure of the podcast is a little bit different. This is a little bit less relationship based for these few episodes, but we're getting there. We're going to get back to more relationship stuff. It is relationship based in a way though, because it's your relationship with yourself. True. What you're talking about with us focusing so much on everyone else and trying to help take care of everyone else's needs. Mm -hmm. I did what I typically do. 
I focused so much on other people that I forgot to pay attention to myself. Right. And when we went to lockdown, I had to focus on myself. <laughs> and I was like, geez, there's a lot of maintenance that needs done on this house. Well, and there was a minute there where, I mean, we were even drinking a lot at home because we were like, oh, I don't yeah. know what to do. We don't have parties to go to. I could use a drink right now. We don't, <laughs> there's no karaoke. There's no nothing. And instead of really sitting in our thoughts and working on ourselves, we kind of drank away a week or two. Yeah, tried to make our own party. And that's, <laughs> I will say now, it's not nearly as fun no. when it's a party of one or two. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of put that to the side and we'll wait for the bars to open up. Or until after this episode's it's done. It's fine. It's fine. I got a drink waiting right now. But we still needed to work on ourselves and we thought we'd share all that with you guys. Yeah, because this stuff going forward, especially into 2021, because... There was a lot of dust that needed to settle, I guess, <laughs> through all of this personal reflection. And when I created my own personal list of like, oh, these are the things that I need to do maintenance on, I realized there was a lot. You're talking about your goals and stuff for 2021? Yeah, so that that kind of led into me wanting to do the planner thing mm -hmm. that you work on, which is why I was all excited to make a whole episode on it. And everyone's like, why are we talking about planners? This is <laughs> I thought this was polyamory, not planorom and whatever. Planoramory? Planoramory. <laughs> but, I mean, in a way, that planner business was and is important to my moving forward. And because it was such a revelation for me, I thought this is something that we should share. So, if you thought that the planorannery I love, no, planorammery. Planner Amory. That's my new favorite word. I, I don't, words hard. Yeah. If you thought the Planner Amory episode was stupid, maybe think about the stuff we talked about here and go back and re-listen to it. And figure out what works for you. You don't have to do a planner like we do. Right. But I mean, like, think about that episode with the lens of this episode. Right. And it might reveal something new and different for you that you didn't quite catch because you didn't understand what the hell we were even doing. Yeah. And honestly, we would love to hear what you guys come up or what you take from this episode. And if you're new, these last few episodes, we have set up what we're calling the typo phone. Talk your poly off phone. So give us a call, leave us a voicemail, or shoot us a text at area code 209 536-8976. That's 209-536-TYPO. <laughs> but for reals, we want to hear from you guys. And, and we've gotten some good stuff, and we're going to go over some of that in a bit after we get through a little chunk of the episodes that we have planned, because we really want to focus on what we're doing on here so that we can help provide like an open format for you to focus on maybe what you want to do. Yeah. And with that said, it is our anniversary. Yeah. So let's go and get it on. Let's get it on. <laughs> All right, Polyam fam. That means that we are out of here. Can't wait to talk to you next week. We will see you next Tuesday. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella. And Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links. Or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepolly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. 
So until our next discussion, Polyam fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.